the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Starting at verse 1, dear ones, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, on today, I would like for us to begin to take a look at the letter that is written to us that we have come to know as the book of Jude. And for those that would like a title for all that we will be discussing on today, dear ones, my title is this. This is something worth fighting over. This is something worth fighting over. Many times we find ourselves getting into discussions that turn in sometimes into debates that sometimes turn into all-out confrontations over a variety of things. Sometimes it'll be over our favorite sports team and who should have won the game and why certain teams didn't win the game and, and the, un, the unfairness of the officiating that took place and things of that nature. Sometimes it's over who makes the best potato salad. Some, sometimes it's over a recipe and who makes, who's going to make the potato salad for this year's Thanksgiving dinner because so-and-so doesn't make it right and you don't want them to make it because even though that's your favorite auntie, they do not make the potato salad the way it needs to be made. 
So we can find ourselves getting into discussions that turn into debates that sometimes get overly heated over a variety of things. But there are some things, dear ones, that are worth fighting for. There are some things that are worth taking a stand and not backing down and saying, I'm standing my ground on this one and I will not take down in this area. And so we want to begin to look at some of those things that the word of God lets us know that we need to be willing to take a stand for. And we see some of that here in the book of Jude. Now the epistle or the letter that is given to us here is given to us by a man whose full name we are told was Judas. And we're told that in Matthew the 13th chapter, verses 54 and 55, we're told that his full name was Judas. And he was the full brother of the person who wrote to us what we have come to know as the book of James. So he is the full brother of the writer of the epistle or the letter of James that we have in the New Testament. But he is also, the ha- in earthly terms, he is the half-brother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he is the half-brother of Jesus and the full brother of the Apostle James. Now concerning who exactly Jude was, we are told several things in the word of God. We are told, one, that he, along with his other brothers, at first did not accept Jesus was the Christ. They did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They did not accept Jesus' claims that he was, in fact, the Christ, the one that had come to save humanity from their sins. So at first, Jude, along with James and his other family members, they did not accept that reality. We are also told that at some point, probably after Jesus was crucified and then had risen from the dead, that he did come to believe that Jesus was the Christ. Because we are told in the book of Acts, that first chapter, that Jude, along with his other brother James and a total of 120 people, that they were all in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. So Jude and James did come to believe that Jesus was the Christ. And they were all there present on the day of Pentecost. And so we're told these things in the scriptures, dear ones. And Jude is the one that gives to us this letter or this epistle that we want to take a note, take a look at on today. And the issue that Jude is beginning to address in his letter to these believers has to do with false teachers. And, and that it has to do with false teachers that have made their way within the body of Christ. They have made their way within the church. And they are now spreading their false doctrines throughout the church. And they were deceiving some and undermining the faith of others. And so that is what Jude is beginning to confront. This whole issue of false teachers that have infiltrated the body of Christ. That have made their way among the saints. And now they are spreading their deception. They are spreading their false teachings. They are spreading their error. And the faith of some is being undermined. And the faith of others is being distorted. And the faith of some, some are just turning away from the Lord completely. And so Jude begins to address these things. And again, I thank God for, uh, for Missionary Byers being with us on today because she, as she was just sharing and, and you know, saying hello to everybody, she said something because she said that she remembers when she was young and she was coming up in the church and that they would teach her about Easter. 
They would teach her about the meaning of Easter and what Easter represented and what Easter stood for and that Jesus had come to pay the price for our sins. There was that type of teaching isn't going on in a lot of places anymore. We have this counterfeit thing going on. And so in many places, you're not hearing what the Bible actually is saying. And you're not hearing the truth that is, re- that is relating to who Jesus really is. And so Jude is beginning to confront this whole issue of false teachers and false doctrine. And what Jude begins to do in his letter to these believers, he does several things. One, he begins to encourage them to stand firm in their faith in Jesus Christ. So he begins to encourage them to stand firm in your faith, in your confidence, in your trust, in Jesus and in what the word of God says about Jesus. Then he goes on to begin to identify those individuals that were false teachers and he begins to tell them what these false teachers were like and how you can begin to recognize them. And so Jude begins to talk about what these false teachers are like, what they're like. They're like this and they're like that. And then he begins to say, these are the ways in which you can identify these individuals who are spreading error among the, among the brothers and sisters of the Lord. And then he goes on to give some instruction on how to help those who have fallen victim to their false teaching. At the very end, Jude begins to say, this is what we need to do for those that have fallen victim to this false teaching. We need to go and do these things for them, or we need to do these things. Sometimes, dear ones, it's important because you can know a person that has fallen victim to false teaching, but you need to know how to go and try to rescue that person. You just can't go in any old kind of way. There are certain things that you must be mindful about as you go and try to rescue somebody out of error because if you go in the wrong way trying to rescue somebody out of error you're just going to end up with a debate you're just going to end up with a a debate and this person's view and that your view and it's just not going to go anywhere and so the word of God Jude begins to give us some instruction on how to go about in undertaking a rescue mission for those that have fallen victim to error and so we want to begin to look at what Jude has to say to us. As I said, there was just one chapter, just, just, just 25 verses. That Jude is very quick. He's very succinct in what he says. But he says a lot to us that we need to take note of. Now, as we begin to look at our text, there was, notice what it says. Verse 1, it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Now, Jude begins to identify those that he is writing to, and he does it by stating three things about them. The first thing that Jude says about them is that he says that they are sanctified by God the Father. Now, the word sanctified that is used here is the Greek word hagiazo. It's where we get our word holy from. It's where we get the word holy from. And it means, uh, it, it means dear ones, to set something apart. Or to put something in a state that is opposite to that which is considered to be common or ordinary. And so the word holy or hagiazo that we have, and it's used here as sanctified, it means to set something apart. To take something from this place and put it over here, setting it apart from everything else. Or to set it apart and place it in a, in a position that is different, that is opposed or opposite 
to everything else that is considered common or ordinary. Now, Jude here is helping us to see that one of the things that God does for us when he saves us is he sanctifies us. One of the things that God does when he saves us, when he saves a person, is he sanctifies that person. That is, he puts that person in a state that is opposite to that which is considered to be ordinary or common to everybody else. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able... After you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. One of the things that God does when he saves us, when he saves a person, is he sanctifies that person. That is, he puts that person in a state that is opposite to that which is considered to be ordinary or common to everybody else. Now, the common state, dear ones, of all of humanity that does not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is given to us in places like Ephesians, the second chapter. So hold your finger here in Jude, but let's look at Ephesians 2, just verse 1, and then I'll jump over to verse 12. Notice what, what Paul says, Ephesians 2 and 1. He said, Paul says, and you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. So the state of all humanity, dear ones, that does not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is first, they're considered to be dead in their trespasses and sin. And then notice what what Paul goes on to say in verse 12. He says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And so Paul goes on to say, there was that, that apart from Jesus Christ, that we have no hope and we are without God in the world. And so what God the Father has done for us, dear ones, when he saves us, is he gives us new life to us. He gives new life. He puts new life in us and we receive new life through him, through the Holy Ghost. 
And so when the Lord saves us, he gives us new life in, with, and through the Holy Ghost. Then he takes us and places us in a position that in his sight is clean, it is righteous, it is pleasing and acceptable to him to because, of, because of what Jesus has done for us. And so he places us in a position that in his eyes, we are now clean, we are now considered righteous, we are acceptable to him. Because of what Jesus has done for us. And then he also adopts us into his family. And now we are no longer aliens. We're no longer strangers. But we are considered sons and daughters. And fellow citizens of heaven. And so that's the first thing that God does for us. But the second thing that we want to notice that what Jude says here. Back in Jude the first verse. Is that Jude says that we are now. We're not just sanctified by God the Father, but that we, that we are preserved in Jesus Christ. We are preserved in Jesus Christ. Now the word preserved that is used here, it comes from a Greek word that means to keep an eye on something or, or, or to watch over something so as to guard it or to maintain something in order to keep it in a place of safety. So, so we are preserved in Jesus Christ. And notice, dear ones, that we are preserved in Jesus Christ. In other words, because Jesus is currently sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, and he is actively interceding on our behalf as our great high priest, he also, dear ones, is actively watching over us and keeping an eye on us to protect us and to safeguard us, not just from the attacks of the devil and not just from the influences of the world. But, dear ones, sometimes the Lord is watching over us and protecting us from our own selves and our own foolish choices it is a wonderful thing to know that Jesus is on the right hand of the father the place of authority and power in heaven watching over us watching keeping eye out for us safeguarding us protecting us from the snares and the entrapments that the enemy sets for us protecting us from falling victim to the seducing influences of the world, Amen. but also protecting us from us. Amen. Wow. Sometimes God has to protect me from me. Because sometimes me will jack me up. Yes. I don't need the devil to do nothing. And I don't need the world to come at me. I will mess myself up. And so the Lord in his mercy protects us, safeguards us, secures us, sometimes from ourselves. And the third thing that Jesus says to us here is that he says that we are called. Now the word called that is used here, dear ones, it comes from a Greek word that means to be welcomed or to be invited or to be chosen. And so what God, has, what God the Father has done for us because we have accepted his offer of salvation through Jesus Christ is he has now invited us to become a part of his family. He has chosen us to be one of his sons or one of his daughters and he has welcomed us into his heavenly kingdom. So we're welcome, we're chosen, we're invited to come in. It's a wonderful thing to be invited somewhere. Lord have mercy. Sometimes you want to go somewhere, but you did not get an invitation. 
You wish you could go, but you did not receive the notice. God says, that's not how it's going to be. If you've accepted my offer of salvation through my son, I am inviting you to join me and be a part of my family. But dear ones, I want for us to notice what Jude says here again, because as we look at it, it, it almost seems like it's out of order. It almost seems like the order is not correct. Notice what he says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. It almost seems as if the order is out of order because shouldn't called be first and then sanctified and then preserved? It would almost seem like the order should be switched somewhat. But Jude intentionally puts it this way. He says, you are sanctified by God. You are preserved in Jesus Christ and called. And dear ones, I would like to submit to you that what the Holy Spirit is doing here through Jude is he is giving us an early indication of what it is that has him so concerned for these believers in this church. He's giving us an early indication of what it is that has him so concerned for these believers. Because dear ones... He is letting them know that among them that are sanctified and among them that are preserved have come those that have not been called. Among those that are sanctified and among those that are preserved have come in those that have not been called. That is, dear ones, they have not been invited. They have not been chosen and they are not welcome as long as they hold on to their deceptive, de- their deceptive teachings Amen. and their deceptive beliefs. Amen. And so by the order of things that Jude gives to us here, he is letting us know, he is letting us know, and he's letting these believers know, brothers and sisters, I want you to be aware of something. There are some foxes in your hen house. There are some wolves that are disguised as sheep among you. Now, dear ones, that's important for us to know today. That's important for us to know when you have every other person coming out with a book saying, buy my book. Because it's this, 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 and you can do this, this, all the other stuff. Or, or, or take my tapes or, t- you know, get my CDs or, or whatever. You know, listen to me on my podcast. So many different things, so many different vehicles that we can get so many different messages. And so there was, notice what he says. He says, says, verse 3, he says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Lord have mercy. Now, it is here that Jude now begins to tell them the reason for why he is writing to them. He is writing because he wants to encourage them to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. In other words, in the face of the growing threat of people being deceived and led astray by false teachers, Jude is writing to them to encourage them to take a stand and defend the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that they have received. Judah's writing to them and saying, in the face of these false teachers that are deceiving many and misleading others, Judah's saying, I need for you that truly know the Lord and truly love Jesus 
to become willing to stand and defend the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The scripture goes on to say, it says, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed by the Lord, you should be willing to let it be known that you have been redeemed by the Lord. There are some things you need to keep your mouth shut about. This is not one of them. There are some things that you need to hold your peace about. This is not one of them. There are some things that you need to just kind of leave alone and let be. This is not one of them. When you are faced with error, when you are faced with mistruth, when you are faced with people that are distorting intentionally, distorting and disrupting the message of Jesus Christ, those of us that know the Lord in the pardon of our sins, we can be gracious, we can be respectful, but we need to say something, excuse me, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.